Welcome to Behind the Business Podcast. Each week, I'll be sharing episodes that take you behind the scenes of industry-leading creative small businesses. We'll talk about real life, messy behind the scenes of running a successful creative business in today's world, and hopefully help you combat the perception of perfection within our industry. I hope each episode encourages you to keep showing up imperfectly within your own business and make your own unique impact on this world. Grab a cup of coffee or wine and let's get right to it. Cheers. Hi guys. Today I have Amanda on the podcast. I'm so excited to chat with her about all things content creation. So before we dive in, Amanda, can you introduce yourself to everyone listening out there? First, thank you so much for having me. I've been really looking forward to this interview and I'm just so excited and honored to be part of your show. So I'm Amanda Warfield. I'm a simplicity-focused content marketing strategist and my mission is to help other creative entrepreneurs fit their marketing into their business without it taking over their business. I love that. That's So simple and so to the point, but also really hits on, you know, we all get so caught up in like serving our clients really well. And then we let marketing go, or sometimes we're so focused on the marketing. It just feels like it takes a lot of time. We're like, are we still serving our clients best? And so I love how what you do really just like balances the two out equally as much as you can. But I wanted to dive right into like behind your business and ask you, what does your current content plan look like? So for me personally, I have a weekly podcast episode where every Tuesday a new episode goes out. I also send out weekly email newsletter that go along with that podcast episode. And then I'm showing up on Instagram and Facebook one to two times a week and Mm -hmm. TikTok about five or six times a week. So that's my current plan. That's crazy. Five to six times on TikTok. I was not expecting that. And that actually kind of leads me to another question that I had for you. I know you mentioned batching content and it seems, is that something that you do for all of your content or do you only batch some of your content at a time? And before we even go there, let me back it up and ask you, what is content batching for people who haven't heard of it before? So content batching is literally sitting down and creating all of your content at one time. A lot of times people will attempt to batch a week at a time, but I really Mm -hmm. highly encourage everyone to batch a month at a time, actually, because it's Mm going to take a lot less time. And Mm -hmm. it's also going to give you more space to breathe in your business. You mentioned that feast and famine cycle of, oh, I have to fill my client roster. So I need to do a lot of marketing. And then you fill your client roster and, oh, I don't have time to do that marketing. So then you focus on your clients and you're serving them really well. And then all of a sudden you realize, ooh, I don't have anyone else in the pipeline. I've got to go back to marketing. And it's the cycle of inconsistency, not showing up for your people when you're not building strong relationships if you're inconsistent. And then also it's just a stressful, I wouldn't even know if I could call it a routine, but it's a stressful back and forth cycle that we have in our businesses if we're not batching our content a month at a time. Because let's face it, we want to go on vacations. We want to, or we don't want to, but sometimes we get sick or if we have kids, our kids mm-hmm. get sick. Sometimes we're just incapable of showing up on a Monday and saying, I'm going to do content every single mm-hmm. Monday. Sometimes it just doesn't work. So batching your content a month at a time really gives you that flexibility to, okay, I'm going to spend this week batching my content. And then I've got three weeks to move the needle in my business, to show up for my clients, to rest, to take vacations and to take care of myself. And it allows you to really take a step back in your business. Yeah, I love that. So you mentioned that you take about a week to batch all of your content for a whole month. So like 
Throughout that week, what does that look like? Are you focusing on like one platform at a time or focusing on like a specific month that's like upcoming that you're creating content for? Or how does that work? So think about batching content, like batching, creating a batch of cookies, baking a batch of cookies. When you're creating a batch of cookies, you're not making one cookie at a time. You're not saying, mm-hmm. okay, here's all the flour. Here's all the sugar. Here's the butter. Here's the eggs. Here's the chocolate chips. I'm going to mix them all together shape it into one ball and cook that one cookie, right? You're getting all of the flour for 12, all of the sugar. You're getting all the ingredients and mixing them together for the entire batch of cookies. So you're taking your cookie baking for the batch one step at a time versus Mm -hmm. one cookie at a time. And you want to do the same thing with your content. Instead of saying, here's one piece of content, I'm going to do this one piece and focus on this and finish it before I move on to the next. You actually want to do it one step at a time. So when I go into my batch week, my first Mm -hmm. batch day, I'm planning. That's all I'm doing for every piece of content that I'm going to put out for the next month. I am creating a plan for that content. The next day I'm recording. The next day I'm editing. The next day I'm repurposing, but I'm not doing it piece by piece. I'm doing it step by step. I'm not doing it one piece of content. So I'm not sitting down Mm -hmm. saying, okay, today's my podcast day and I'm going to do all of my podcasts for the month. No, I'm just recording. And that's all I'm worried about on that day. Oh, that's so interesting. Okay. Because once upon a time, I've gone through both systems of batching per week. So like taking Monday to do all my content. And then I've gone through times where I batched on a monthly basis. There was one time where I almost got to quarterly, but that was like a whole intensive week of like mostly creating, not like completely finishing out all of the content. But I, for the most part, have done it like spending a specific day per platform. And I've never done it in the way of just like creating or like recording first, then taking the next day to edit. And then, you know, like, getting everything ready to go. So that's so interesting to hear your whole system for it. Have you tried like other ways of batching your content and just come up with this is what works best for you? Or how did you find that like kind of rhythm? (laughs) So I actually figured out my batching system because a dog had peed on our carpets. So (laughs) that's like real behind the scenes. Truly, we moved into our house. And as soon as we walked into the door, I have no idea how we did not realize this, but like all the walkthroughs we did as we're like touring the house and deciding to buy it, didn't realize it. We walk into the house after we've signed all the paperwork and gotten the keys Mm -hmm. and we realized that the last owner's dog had peed on every single carpet in the house. Oh no. And we have two cats and cats Mm -hmm. like to mark their territory. We really did not want our cats to feel the need to mark over where the dog had peed. Yeah. And then learn this habit of not having to pee in the litter box. So we immediately tore all of the carpet out of the entire house. But unfortunately, we were not able to put new carpet in for months. I mean, it was, we moved in in November and I don't think we put carpet in until May or June of the next year. Wow, because (laughs) yeah, it was a really long time. It was a very cold winter in my office. But we were demoing our master bathroom. It had leaks and had to be like torn completely down to the studs and rebuilt. And we wanted to put carpet in the master, and so we weren't going to do that while it was a construction zone. At this point, I had played around a few times with bashing out content and doing a couple podcast episodes at a time, but. I had never committed to any kind of system yet. And I hadn't Mm -hmm. fully gone all in on a system because I hadn't really needed to. And you know, as a podcaster, that sound quality is really important. But all I had in my office was subfloor 
And that was not going to work. And so every time I needed to record a new podcast episode, I would have to drag every single blanket we own and put it all over my floor (laughs) and then record an episode. And that Mm -hmm. got so old so quickly that I was like, you know what? I have to, I have to figure something else out. Like I cannot do just one or two episodes at a time. And Mm so it all kind of spiraled from, spiraled from there where it was like, Mm -hmm. oh, let me try a month at a time. And oh, can I add this in? Can I do this Mm -hmm. too? And from there, I just kind of created the system that worked for me. And then I ended up going on to teach a whole bunch of other people how to do it too. Yeah, I love that. And I actually am like thinking about it right now. And I have a very similar situation with creating podcast episodes. And I realized today I am recording three. So I was like, this is the first time actually that I wasn't like letting my podcast calendar just be open for any Thursday in the month. Like I was like, okay, it's either this Thursday in this month or it's like the first Thursday of the next month. And so I'm realizing that I kind of had a very similar situation where I was like, it's not going to just work if they can choose like any Thursday because who knows if like I'm going to have the space to be able to do that and everything just set or like having to do that every single week is it's just a lot. So I love that. And I just realized myself that I'm kind of like monthly batching in a sense too. I'm totally blanking on what my next question for you is. Ooh, ooh okay. Okay. All right. So I wanted to ask for anyone who's out there who's listening, who maybe wants to try like creating their own system, what are some steps that you would recommend that they take to create their own strategic content plan? If we're talking about content plan specifically, honestly, the first thing that everyone needs to do is to get consistent. Because if you're not consistent and you're not showing up Mm -hmm. on any kind of consistent basis, the strategy isn't going to do a whole lot for your business. So that is the first step. If you're not consistent yet, let that be your focus. But if you are consistent and you're ready to go and you want to get serious with your strategy, the next thing you want to do is you want to make sure that you are giving yourself ample time to plan and prepare for any promotion and launch that you're planning for. This is a huge mistake that I see over and over again is that we say, ooh, I have this great idea for a new offer and I want to launch it right now because I'm so excited for it. But then you open the doors to whatever that offer is, you hear crickets because you haven't prepared your audience for that upcoming launch. They didn't know that was happening when in reality, the goal of every single launch should be to make sure that your audience knows before doors even open, whether or not they're going to buy during that launch. A lot of times we wait and we say, oh, I have something big coming. I've got a surprise. I can't wait to share. And then we open Mm -hmm. the doors and we're surprised because no one buys. And you didn't tell them what was coming. They haven't been able to think about it yet. All of that going back to say, make sure that you're giving yourself ample time, three, four, five months from Mm -hmm. the time of conception to the time of actually launching something so that you have time to make sure that you have your messaging down, to make sure that you're really sharing with your audience what is coming and what they can expect and giving yourself plenty of time to do it Mm -hmm. so that you are fully planned out. That all goes back to the strategy of things because you've got that time to build it up. So you want to make sure you've got a strong launch runway. You want to make sure that you have, I recommend eight to 12 weeks for a launch. If it's a new offer, closer to 12 weeks. If it's something you've launched before, eight weeks of building into that offer of taking people from problem aware to solution aware. But most of the time they don't even know what their problem is. And so all of that messaging and walking them through all these different steps, that's a large part of being strategic with your content. I have a question for you just off of that. Say that somebody who is in 
like the creative industry, say they are a calligrapher and they offer one primary package of like wedding calligraphy. Do you recommend that they still have like launches throughout the year where they're still kind of like ramping up to signing people for the next year? Or is that something that you specifically suggest for people who are launching like offers or like products? Here's the thing about a launch. All it is just boosting your visibility around a specific thing. So it can't hurt if you're just a service provider, strictly service-based, mm-hmm. to do a launch or two throughout the year to okay. fill upcoming spots. Now, what I don't want people to do if they're service providers is only talk about their services when they're in launch mode. Talk about it all the time. Have freebies that lead people into this. Make sure you're creating content around what it is that you do and how you serve and how it helps people showcasing, especially if you're a calligrapher. That's Mm -hmm. so visual. That's incredible for things like TikTok right now, YouTube, things like that, reels, all of those things. But make sure you're always putting out content around your services. But yeah, you... I would still recommend putting together some sort of launch plan. It doesn't have to be the huge mega launches that we tend to see when it comes to courses or digital mm-hmm. products or things like that. But it's always worth doing because all the launch is just boosting your visibility around your business and around your services. Okay. I love that. Because I I heard about launching like a couple years into running my photography business. And I was always like, ooh, is this something that I can apply my own business. And I think it, I came to the conclusion that it does kind of make sense because even though our business is seasonal, there's like certain seasons where you're booking more. So it's like not, it's very helpful, I would say, to have more visibility like during those seasons specifically to meet your audience. And I would actually even argue the opposite. If you have seasons where you're booking more, because mm-hmm. let's say I know Christmas minis or something that I'm mm-hmm. seeing a lot of people talk about, a lot of photographers talk about already, that's something that you know is naturally going to book up. Mm-hmm. Put a launch during those times where maybe you would like to see lower. things book more, but you're getting lower traction for whatever reason. And you can offer a promo or a discount or a bonus of some, and you can mm-hmm. center your launch around that so that you get an influx during one of your typical downtimes. Ooh, actually, I love that. That's such a helpful tip for anyone who's like a service provider that does have a seasonal business. But I was going to ask you, how do you decide which platforms you want to pour your time and energy into when it comes to content creation? Two things. One, where are your people? Where are the people that are going to be interacting with you? Two, where do you have fun? Because marketing should be fun. And if you're like, I know I need to be on TikTok, but I hate TikTok. I would say give it a chance first because I know a lot of us millennials are like, I'm too old for this. You're not. But if you truly, if you get on there and after a month or two, you're like, no, this is not for me, then Mm -hmm. that's okay. You don't Mm -hmm. have to be on any specific platform. But I would suggest that everyone has a type of long form content. So a YouTube channel or a podcast or a blog, do not stick solely to social media because As we see with Instagram, there is a life cycle to social media and it's not going to live forever. And also those posts don't live forever. I mean, your Instagram post is good for what, a couple hours at this point, maybe your stories are 24 hours and then they're gone. You want to make sure you've got something that you can refer people back to all the time. I was talking to someone through my DMs earlier and she asked a question. I was like, oh, I've got three different podcast episodes about that. Here you can go listen and I can give you 45 minutes of content versus one minute, right? So you want to have something that you can always refer people back to. I love that. 
Yeah, I didn't think about that. If somebody has a question, there's you have a full like long form piece of content that can like not just be like, hey, here's like a quick voice memo of all my thoughts, but you have a very like well thought out either written or like spoken piece of content that they can like really learn from you from and get a ton of value out of. So as you're creating and maybe even batching your content on a hopefully a month to month basis, do you have any tips for people to simplify their content creation? Because I know that's a huge part of your message and brand. Oh, so many tips. So the biggest one I would say is if you can't fit it into a week, you're doing too much content, period. Okay. And I know earlier you asked, what's your current content plan? And I said a lot of things and you were like, oh, that's more than I expected. That's because I literally spend a full 40 hour work week creating Mm -hmm. content every single month. And because I have this system nailed down. Students so inside of my membership club content batching that they only have five hours a week for their business. And so they've had to create their batch system around that. And that is always my thing. It takes more than those five hours. It's too much content for you to be focused on for a month at a time. So that is the number one thing. If you can't fit it into one week, you're doing too much. Hmm. Okay. Simple and sweet. I love that. And that's so like realistic too. And I think that's a great way to figure out what you can realistically do consistently as opposed to, oh, it works for one month when you like have the time or like you're in a slower season, but maybe not during December or something if things are really crazy. I love that is very like short and to the point. What is one mistake that you see people making besides that maybe of trying to make too much content with content creation? If we're talking strictly content batching, another huge mistake I see is people not setting aside the time to batch their content. And what I mean by that is they think, okay, third week of each month is going to be my batch week. But then they don't mark it off on their calendar. And that week comes and they go, oh, I have client galleries, dude. I have doctor's appointments for myself, for my kids, or I have this big project that has a due date this week. And now, ooh, batch week's going to have to go on the back burner. I'll get done what I can, but I have these other deliverables that I have to Mm -hmm. focus on. Instead, mark it off on your planner. I take washi tape and I literally, I mean, you can see it here. I mark the whole week off and Mm -hmm. I don't allow myself to schedule things. I don't allow myself to put due dates during that week. Mm. And instead, if something is due, let's say you're doing a collaboration and it's Mm -hmm. due that week, I just move it up to the week before so that I make sure it's done in time, but I'm not stressing myself out. And that's honestly one of the biggest mistakes I see, even with my students making, they get comfortable with the idea of batching and then they go, okay, I've got this every third week, no problem. And then they get to a month where they're like, oh, it doesn't work. (laughs) I didn't think about this thing. And then they get off the they get back onto the content creation hamster wheel. Mm. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, I guess I don't have content for this next month. And they're back to that inconsistency. So not setting aside the time intentionally to batch content and to create that content is a huge mistake that I see. I love how you're like flexible with it too, though. If there's something that you can't move, you're like, okay, I'll just move it to the week before. And that way it's like very, it's a good like schedule-ish to stick to, but it still like works with like your actual life when something like pops up that is not in your control. And here's the thing. Batching is a system, right? And in an ideal world, it's going to go perfectly. Everything's going to be great, but I don't always finish 100% and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Last week was supposed to be my batch week actually for July and Mm -hmm. I did nothing. I was having a real rough week. Life was just throwing a lot at me and I was like, you know what? I'm going to have to take things week by week in July. And Mm -hmm. that just is what it is. And so 
encouragement to everyone. If you're like, I tried batching one time and it didn't work, keep going. It's okay if it doesn't work Mm -hmm. every single time. And even if it doesn't work 100%, you're going to have a huge jump on where you would have been if you were saying solely, I'm going to do it one day or one week at a time. Yeah. I have a question for you. Probably it's coming out of what's happening for me personally. What would you say to somebody who is kind of almost in a season of burnout with content creation? Because I have been very consistent about it. I want to say like the last five, six years almost. And this is the first year where I'm like, I cannot bring myself to create content. I don't know if it's just because so much has changed and my system has had to have changed multiple times over the past couple of years or just like with life being a little rough right now. What advice would you give to somebody who's kind of also feeling that either like that pressure or like that burnout when it does come to creating content? So a couple of things here. One, batching monthly will help some with that mm-hmm. burnout. And it's not perfect. I'm right there with you. Mm-hmm. Life has felt like a lot lately and really heavy. But that will help some because then you have three weeks. Because if you think about, okay, I'm creating on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. You never have that time to feel creative oh. again. If you think about the times where you feel the most creative, it's when you're on a walk without your phone or you're in the mm-hmm. shower and you're not distracted. If mm-hmm. you're constantly forcing yourself to create, you never have that time to recharge your creativity battery. Mm-hmm. Having those three weeks each month does help to an extent. Mm-hmm. If you're in a place where you just straight up cannot do it right now, it is okay to hit pause, but let your audience know. Don't ghost them. Mm-hmm. Let them know, hey, I'm putting my podcast on hold for a little bit. It's going to be for this long. I'm going to give myself a month, two months. We're going to take a little hiatus and I'll be mm-hmm. back. In mm-hmm. the meantime, you can find me here and here. I would say stay active somewhere, even if it's just Instagram stories. Mm-hmm. You're like, hey, I'll be on Instagram stories. You can find me in my DMs. Show up somewhere so you're not completely ghosting everybody. But it's okay to say, hey, I'm going on hiatus for a little bit. I would encourage you to not do that multiple times every single year. <laughs> yeah. But life does happen. Yeah. And so it's totally okay. Just don't ghost your people. Yeah. That's always my biggest thing with my clients and students. If you need a break, that's okay. Especially mm-hmm. for those of us that are solopreneurs, it is a lot to run a business. Mm-hmm. And these last few years have been really heavy. So take a break, but just let your people know kind of what to expect mm-hmm. that they don't think your business disappeared. Because a lot of times if you think, oh, I found this podcast and the episodes just stopped and they didn't say they were coming back or why, or even that it was done. There are plenty of people who are like, I'm just done with this podcast. I put out 200 episodes. I don't Mm -hmm. have anything else to say at this point. That's fine. But give an ending, an end cap so that people know, okay, they're done with this. We're moving to this other thing. There are other opportunities to learn from this person and to have more of them in my life and business. But they didn't just ghost me. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I like that. It's a great like permission slip for people who are maybe feeling the same thing. Is there one piece of advice that you would give to yourself when you were starting out business-wise? It doesn't have to be content creation related. Oh, I could give myself so many pieces of advice. <laughs> I think the biggest piece of advice that I would give myself is to follow more business owners that were closer in their journey to where I am. And what I mean by that is when I first started off, of course, you find these huge names, right, in the industry that everyone knows. And that's who you're following. And those are the podcasts you're listening to. And that's who you're learning from because they're the big names and they've made it, right? But business is such a long journey and it takes so much more time than we expect it to. Yep. 
And I think by only follow, I don't think, I know that by only following these people that are making millions, I expected things to go so much faster than they did. I set really unrealistic expectations mm-hmm. for myself. And I wish that I had, along with still following, there's nothing wrong with following those mm-hmm. people, right? But they do have a ton, a wealth of information. Yeah. But I wish I had also been intentional from the beginning about following people that were just a couple steps ahead of me. The people who were making an, a full-time living, but mm-hmm. maybe not six figures yet. The people who were just starting out, but were gaining clients. I wish that I had paid more attention to what the people that were just like me, you know, the, what was it? US Weekly that used to do like stars just like us or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The people that were closer to where I was in my journey so that I could follow a little bit more intentionally along with how they were making success. Because if someone gets so far ahead of you, how they became successful in a totally different landscape. Yeah. You are. Yeah. So I think that would be, if I give myself one piece of advice, it would be that. I love that. I haven't ever heard anyone say that or definitely not on the podcast. And I don't think I've ever heard anyone be like, Hey, like if going back, I would make sure to really like closely follow along with like people who are only a couple of steps ahead. But I love that. I think that's actually really great advice because sometimes when I'm chatting with students too, I'll hear them ask about some piece of strategy that I'm like, that might work for somebody who is like running a business with where they're making most of their money, like with courses or something. Is that what I would recommend spending your time on right now as you're trying to get more clients one-on-one? Not necessarily like nothing wrong with it. And you can always start early. Here's what I would suggest. If this is your goal right now in your business, this is what I would do instead of, you know, looking at what somebody who's like years and years into their business is doing and trying to like emulate that. And I think you said something there that's so key with the, what is your goal right now? Because I started my business not having a clue what I was doing, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't even know what my vision was. Mm -hmm. And so I was trying to emulate these people that had courses and my background is in education. I was a teacher mm-hmm. before I started my business, all that stuff. So I knew I wanted to incorporate that at some point, but I had zero concept of the idea that your goals can change over time and that they should change over time, mm-hmm. but you have to start somewhere. And mm-hmm. I was trying to start from the end because yeah. I was like, well, that's where I want to go. I should just start there. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work like that at all. And so I think that's such a key piece, what you just said about what is your goal right now? What is your goal this year? It took me like three years of business to figure out. Yeah, no, I can totally relate. For me, it was just like, I found photography and I was like, this is the thing. Like I want to run my business. And it was like very quickly after I went full time, I was like, is that actually like the goal that you had Or is that just what you like saw other people doing? And we're like, oh, I can do that too. And so it was really funny because I like went full time. And then I was like, almost immediately, I was like, so what's next? Do I just do this for a really long time? And I was like, this is not what I actually wanted to do. It was a good stepping stone, I think, to get there. But I think if I had really taken the time when I was first starting my business to sit down, like really think about what the vision truly was and set goals like that and like, Also, I've talked about this on another podcast episode. For so long, I only had one goal. And I think that that was also a little bit of downfall because once you hit that goal, what do you do next? If you haven't thought past that, you're kind of stuck and then stuck there reevaluating everything for a little bit. And so I think it's important to be like, what is my goal right now? But do still have a bit of that larger vision of like, is this what you want to be doing for like? years and years or is this just like the first tiny step and but 
at the same time, like not getting too ahead of yourself, but it's a fine balance. You got to like strike. Yeah. Yeah, definitely is. And it's hard when I, so I started my business kind of the total opposite. I didn't have a specific thing in mind, like a mm-hmm. service in mind that I wanted mm-hmm. to do. I just felt really called to start, you know, that's all that was, that mm-hmm. was the best I got. That's all I got when I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to do this. And so I started blogging and then I had to get my hands real dirty to figure out, okay, I started with capsule wardrobes of all things and like mm-hmm. simple living mm-hmm. and that evolved into time management and then that evolved into content marketing. But it took me three and a half years in business to feel like I finally figured out, oh, this is what I'm doing. And this is what my vision is. And this is my mission statement. It took me so long to figure all of that out. So anyone sitting there, I know I meant to have a business, but I can't figure it out. Just keep going. Just keep getting, dig your hands in the dirt. We'll come the more you do things and the more you try out different things. And that's Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. I love that. Amanda, thank you so much for sharing your time and your expertise on the podcast. Where can people find you to get to learn from you even further? Honestly, the best place is to go over to my podcast, Chasing Simple. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts. But mm-hmm. that's, like I mentioned earlier, the way that you're going to get the most value from me and the most knowledge and education. But I would also love it if you're on TikTok or Instagram. I'm at Mrs. Amanda Warfield on both of those. Come say hi. Okay, perfect. And we will have those all linked in the show notes. So thank you again so much. And I hope that this episode is helpful for everyone listening out there. Thank you for having me. If you're loving this episode, I would love for you to swipe a page or two out of my free resources library. I have a free class all on the systems you need to quickly grow your photography business. I cover three key systems that you need in place to be able to grow your business and triple your wedding bookings and go full time in less than one year. I also have another quick little freebie just for you. I am letting you swipe my booked wedding client questionnaire. If you're loving this episode, I would love for you to swipe a page or two out of my free resources library. I have a free class all on the systems you need to quickly grow your photography business. I cover three key systems that you need in place to be able to grow your business and triple your wedding bookings and go full time in less than one year. I also have another quick little freebie just for you. I am letting you swipe my book wedding client questionnaire. Um, Whenever I have a wedding client book, I always do a little happy dance and then personalize their client experience with this questionnaire. It gets me all of the details that I need right up front, right when they book, and it sets me up not only to figure out what sets me apart from other people in the market, um, figure out more details about them and personalize their wedding experience, and help start planning out their engagement session and more. Be sure to go to manaliphotography.com or see the show notes to grab either one of these two freebies. And I can't wait to see how it helps you grow your business. Whenever I have a wedding client book, I always do a little happy dance and then personalize their client experience with this questionnaire. It gets me all of the details that I need right up front, right when they book. And it sets me up not only to figure out what sets me apart from other people in the market, figure out more details about them and personalize their wedding experience and help start planning out their engagement session and more. Be sure to go to manaliphotography.com or see the show notes to grab either one of these two freebies. And I can't wait to see how it helps you grow your business.